Connor Esiason, and you're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast presented by the Boomer Esiason Foundation and GunnerEsiason.com. This podcast series has been made possible by Vertex, Novartis, Digital Credit Union, and Atlantic Health. The views expressed on Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast are that of Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests, and not necessarily those of the Boomer Esiason Foundation. Nothing in this podcast series should be considered medical advice. Such advice can only be given by a physician who's experienced with cystic fibrosis. The Boomer Esiason Foundation, Gunnar Esiason, Tiffany Rich, and guests cannot be held responsible for any damage which may result from using the information on this podcast without the permission of your medical doctor. You're listening to Breathe In, a cystic fibrosis podcast. Hey guys, it's Tiff back on the Breathe In podcast. Um, today I am by myself. Gunner is out doing his schoolwork, I'm sure. And I actually have a special guest today. Um, she's never been on the podcast, so I'm excited to have her. I have Holly C. Um, she's 24 from Georgia. Hi, Holly. How are you? Hey, Tiffany. I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, just getting used to um, the colder weather in California. It's changing here. I don't know how Georgia is, but, you oh, know. Yep. Cold and flu season is already kicking my butt. So oh, I'm sure. It's it's, uh, getting... <laughs> it's that time of the year. So, I mean, it's about uh, 70 here and I'm cold. So that's because it's oh, me. Oh, my God. I would kill for 70 degrees. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just get very cold easily over here, but um, I actually just wanted to have you on because you are a newlywed and you have cystic fibrosis. We're going to get into that, but I kind of wanted to talk about your journey with cystic fibrosis and just like hear about your life. Of course. So I was born and immediately the doctors and my parents knew something was wrong, but they couldn't figure out what it was. This was before the time where in the state of Georgia, they're doing like heel prick tests or anything like that. So the first time was, you know, failure to thrive and having the CFGI issues, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. And every doctor just thought that I was allergic to everything. So they would scrap everything from my diet and nothing would improve. Mm -hmm. Then it turned into having like a really persistent cough around the age of like three that never went away. And then I was having reoccurring sinus infections with pseudomonas at three years old. And that's whenever my ENT actually told my parents like, Hmm, all these symptoms kind of go together with cystic fibrosis and sent me for a sweat test. And that's when I was diagnosed. So as a kid, I was still, since I was already harboring pseudomonas in my sinuses at three and then my lungs by five. So I was in the hospital every year to two years from the time I was like three or four until high school. Okay. And then everything started declining because I was very active. I did gymnastics and cheerleading and dance and soccer, just very active growing up. And then in high school, I cheered varsity cheerleading and then I fractured my spine. Oh no. I had to quit. And when I did that, it basically, I think you know what it's like. Like if you get out of the routine of working out Mm -hmm. and you lose all that stamina and your muscle, it's so hard to gain it back. Totally. Get that motivation to go back. So I never really did. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it became two hospitalizations a year to three to four lung bleeds, uh, dropping in SCV1, had to drop out of college because of my health, just kind of started declining pretty quickly, yeah. but was able to stabilize some with Orcandy. Okay. Um, but then 
about a year and a half or two years ago, I was misdiagnosed with pancreatitis, which oh. was actually, it was actually a severe C. diff that went untreated for nine months. Oh no. So in doing that, I lost like 20 pounds. Oh no. And as a result of that, lost about 20% lung function that I haven't been able to get back. Right. I needed to get a G tube and everything. Um, okay. And then to stabilize a little bit more. Uh-huh. But so it's not really been the easiest to bounce back For from sure. that. Yeah. So now we're just here and just waiting on trichafta. I got my yeah. prescription in. So oh, yay! Approval. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for you about that. Gunnar and I had an episode a couple weeks ago about that, and I mean, it's just such a game changer. So that's great. Yeah, I'm so excited. But let me talk about your declining with that C. diff. Um, you didn't get diagnosed with it, of course. Um, <laughs> misdiagnosis. And how I know how. Um, Gain, like losing weight and your lung function correlate and oh, yeah. how did how did you start did you ever gain have you gained that weight back and have you done any like how has that been with gaining it back I've definitely not gained it all back okay. at all I've stabilized to where I'm no longer losing weight okay but as a whole from my lowest I've only gained back maybe like five to seven pounds Ugh after losing 20 with the feeding tube and upping like my eating and the nausea anymore, anything like that. Yeah. They'll just, once you lose it, it's so hard to get it back. Oh, oh, I know. It's it's (laughs) so difficult. So the feeding tube you still have. Yes. And you still use it regularly, I'm sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what do you, um, do you do like shakes like Gunner does? (laughs) <laughs> no, I'd rather just get a can and okay. pour it in a bag. <laughs> okay, yeah, because Gunner likes these shakes that Darcy makes and his mom. They like do science experiments with it. It's it's great, but yeah, it's the can for me too much work. Yeah, so that and then your spine. How has that been? Like, how was that recovery going from that? Especially like you said, when you have cystic fibrosis, you need to be moving. You can't just sit there and not move because you need to get all the mucus out. So, and then you can get, you can do your vest or anything, I'm sure. And right afterwards, I was told I couldn't do anything except for walk. Okay. Like, so no running or anything more intense than walking for, I think it was a year, nine months or a year. Mm -hmm. So that's whenever I started becoming a little more lazy because of that. Um, I don't blame you. Like, I mean, they, they asked me to, basically, at this point. I but don't blame you. But it where I could not be up and moving. So I was able to do my best, but other than, that only does so much. Yeah. No, it's true. I mean, exercise does so much more, and I wasn't able to do that anymore. Mm-hmm. So, so just one thing leads to another, and then numbers start dropping, your infections mm-hmm. get worse. and Yeah, because yeah, you harbor the bacteria in there. And you oh, can't yeah. get it out. So how was coughing? Like, were you able to cough? Like, I'm sure that kind yeah. of put some strain on it. I mean, I was had enough medication and did, mm-hmm. like, physical therapy. And they okay. did enough, like, numbing and epidural-type okay. shots to where it was pretty managed. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was too bad. It was just the fact that I still couldn't do anything is what made it right. so much worse. Right. 
you needed to move all your muscles and stuff. Oh. I'm sure that was really tough for you. Um, and then going, so then now we're, we're here yeah. today. So you got married how long ago? It was last May, so about okay. a year and a half-ish. Okay, so why don't we talk about how you met your husband and then kind of getting to newlywed life because I hear that you guys did not live together before you yep. got married. So that was a big adjustment. So take me through all this. Okay, well, I never really dated too much, like casually dating, but finding okay. someone who's willing to stick with you with CF yeah. is a lot harder than <laughs> the normal people would imagine it is. Yeah. So I never really had a lot of boyfriends or anything. And just one day decided to randomly download a Tinder. Oh, girl. Just for the heck of it. Just like, you know, the swiping and just for fun. Yeah. And within the first like week that I had the app, not thinking anything of it, I matched with my now husband. Oh, wow. And he immediately started messaging me. And within like two days, he was asking me like, hey, can I talk to you on the phone? Yeah. So we had like a two hour phone conversation. And then he was like, I want to go out with you this weekend. Will you meet me? Oh. We lived three hours apart. Oh. We met in Midway, which was oh. in Atlanta, because we both okay. lived on opposite sides of the city. Okay. So then it just kind of happened super quickly, okay. where within a month after knowing him, I was put in the hospital for two weeks, and I started growing microbacterium, and he was in there with me the whole time yeah. and through everything. Great. So, yeah. So how long were you guys together until you got engaged. Until so we got engaged, probably about just under two years. Okay. So it was pretty quick. Yeah, and then we had a nine-month engagement. Okay. And yeah. then, um, so you guys got engaged, got married, and then how was it to move in together? Like, It was really exciting for me because we hadn't lived together. We only saw each other on the weekends we would spend yeah. the weekend together so mm -hmm. we had a little bit of an idea of like what each other's routines are like and things like that mm -hmm. but it was during our engagement was whenever I lost got so sick oh. it was right around that time when I got married was whenever I got super sick so the first month of our marriage I was actually in the hospital the whole time oh my gosh we came home from the honeymoon and had to go straight to the hospital and mm -hmm. was in there for a month okay so since then, I think it was a lot of adjusting. It was adjusting for me as well because I did decline so quickly mm -hmm. at, during that one-year period. And so what my normal looked like didn't look the same anymore. So I was adjusting, and he was having to adjust as well. So he knew, like, that I would do treatments twice a day, and I took my pills, and that I'd have a, a coughing and mm -hmm. sometimes pain and all those, like, general things. Mm -hmm. I had to go to the hospital and sinus surgery, but... He didn't expect the being in intense pain for the first time with my lungs or the rapid weight loss or um, hemoptysis episodes yeah. and needing home oxygen for the first time and things like that. So it was quite an adjustment, but he handled it like a champ. Yeah. And I, he handled it better than I did, mm -hmm. which is a godsend. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the actual adjusting to living together wasn't terrible okay. because I think we were both just so excited 
to do it at this point. Like we were just ready for it, but it was harder adjusting to no longer having my mom around to like take care of me whenever I was sick and having to rely either solely on myself or on him. Luckily my parents still lived nearby so they could come over, but there's something about if you're really sick and wanting need to just be in bed and having your mom be able to take care of you. Mm-hmm. I mean, moms know best. Like they're so much like they've been with us since day one. So they yes. know how to treat us uh-huh. better than anyone who's recently coming to the picture will be able to. Oh, for sure. Well, moms always know. We always say about like the cough, they know which cough is what. Mm-hmm. And, yep. Oh, you sound like you're getting sick. Oh, you're going to need antibiotics to, you know, those kind of things. So, how was it to kind of relinquish CF and like having him as a caregiver compared to like, you know, so you, you always had your parents, so now mm-hmm. you had to put it on him too. So how was that for you? It was difficult for me to put all that on him because mm-hmm. I felt guilty about it. Mm-hmm. He never would see it as, him doing me any favor like he would want to do it he's that kind of person right but wanting to be independent and Mm -hmm. still I don't want to seem like a pity case to my new husband (laughs) even though I needed help I had to learn how to ask for help and how to advocate to him for what I needed and then he figured it out along the way to where he could figure out what I would probably need before I would ask Mm -hmm. and then for it because I'm someone where I don't like asking for help, but if it's offered, I'll take it a hundred percent. So then instead of me saying, Hey, can you carry up the groceries for me? Cause yeah. you're living on a second story uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. Then he would just like, know immediately like, Hey, why don't I bring everything up go to the elevator? Don't worry about anything yeah. where before I would just want to take it on and like try and be an equal partner. Yeah. But you can't always do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny you say that like, they kind of know what you need and they mm-hmm. want to do it, but you don't think that. Cause we've talked about this on the podcast a lot. And I know Darcy and Jeff have been on here, my boyfriend and Gunner's girlfriend, and they say the same thing. Like they want to help, but they know yeah. it's hard for us to ask for it because yeah. we don't want to feel like we're a burden or or something that like we we can't do it and we want to be able to do everything like you said um be independent but honestly that's not reality and yeah crazy is i know a lot of us we see it as well i can't believe we found someone who's willing to take on mm-hmm. cf with us mm-hmm. and to the outside world they think oh my god this must be so much stress on cameron my husband oh he must have so much stress on his shoulders he's such a great person for doing this yeah. and he looks at it and he's like i'm not a saint like yeah. I just love her. So it's not like <laughs> I'm doing this out of a charity or anything. Like it doesn't make me, and if anything, like talk about how strong she is, not how strong I am for being married to her. Uh-huh. She's going through it. So I think it's the fact that they're able to have that mindset Yeah, is what makes them like good CF partners. Oh, for sure. And then it's funny, like the, um, I don't know if you followed our March Madness kind of thing that we do, the bracket. Um, so it was like the most shaking my head moment. Um, and we did like a section that had for like the CF spouses or the parent or whatever. And it was like, oh, you're so strong for doing this. And you're this, you know. And like you said, 
we're not a they're not a saint they like that that's what they they're like we want to do this because we love the person and or this is my child like when yeah. you do whatever you needed to do for your child kind of exactly. like that no one would choose to just do this for fun right but whenever you're put in that situation I think a lot of people would be surprised where mm-hmm. if suddenly their boyfriend girlfriend child husband wife got sick out of the blue they would do anything to help them when they think that they wouldn't be able to handle it. But I think a lot of people would rise to the occasion if you truly love someone. Yeah, for sure. So um, I'm interested in more stuff about like getting married and like Mm -hmm. going into being a newlywed and stuff because I see myself doing that hopefully soon. Ring on that finger. We'll see. I know it's it's empty, so we'll see. Um, (laughs) But, like, how do you, like, how does your health, how is it impacted with getting married? How, you know? I think a big part of it is, I didn't really think about, and I don't think any of us really thought mm-hmm. about, including my parents or Cameron, thinking about insurance. Oh, yeah. And thinking about disability mm-hmm. and thinking about, income, like, finances and that kind yes. of stuff. Since I'm too sick to work. Yeah. We're a single income family and mm-hmm. living is expensive. Oh yeah. It's yeah, insane. It's, and I go from always living with my parents. So I never had to worry about mm. anything, took care of everything. So now going from that to one person who, of course, if you're in your mid to late twenties, you're not going to be making the same amount of money as someone who's been in a career for 30 years. <laughs> for sure. Like, so yeah. lifestyle adjustment with that, but then realizing, okay, I'm not able to have disability benefits anymore because I'm legally married and it pushes you over the threshold, like the the threshold of only being able to have like $2,000 or $3,000 in your account, which is like nothing, but it's still not enough for us to like live comfortably with how we would like to, but not being able to have that. Mm -hmm. And then worrying about the fact that whenever we turn 26, we get kicked off our parents' insurance. So for me, that's in a year and a half. And we have to worry about, okay, well, my, I've always had great insurance through my mom's company. So how's it going to look whenever I switch over to Cameron's insurance? Mm -hmm. Or what if he wants to go back to school, which is something we've talked about. He won't be able to do that because then he won't have a job for me to be able to have my insurance. So it's, we're having to think about things in a whole different way than most people would. Most Mm -hmm. people are like, yeah, you want to do a career change go for it, go back to school because there's a second person to fall back on financially. If you don't have that, it can kind of pigeonhole you to where even if you want to go and do these things, Mm -hmm. you have other responsibilities like putting food on the table for yourself and your wife and paying rent Mm -hmm. and then making sure you have insurance that will cover for both of you. Mm -hmm. It's just something that I don't think a lot of people realize. I know the CF lawyer before we got married, encouraged me not to legally get married because yeah, of this. Because right. it's going to take away your benefits. But, of course, me being traditional, I was like, I forget, I don't care about that. I want to be married. I want the last name. I want it to be legit. Yeah. And so we went with it. But... but I don't think that should even be something that we should worry about. I feel like we should be able to get married. Why yeah. shouldn't we get be able to... Why should we not be able to get married because we're not going to get, uh, you know... Uh, disability because our partner may make more yeah but that's not gonna help us with 
the area that we live in, especially in my area, the San Francisco Bay Area, it is insane. I don't, I don't know Georgia, but just think we got married and extremely expensive there. So it's like, I feel like people need to realize that we need, we need to be able to live and be happy and, you know, be able to do everything everyone else is able to. But, you know, honestly, we're so sick that we shouldn't have this hurdle saying, you know, saying like, oh, you you can't make any money you can't make this much money because you're not going to be able to get your disability i don't i don't know it just it seems like there's flaws in in the system with this um because i i want i i think everybody should be able to get married and i don't think it should hurt your insurance (laughs) it should not hurt your insurance at all I mean, you should be able to be happy and, you know, you find a partner that you want to live with for the rest of your life and be with, and you should be able to have that and go and be happy and have insurance. And, um, I don't know, it just like, it irks me when I hear that kind of stuff that people, you know, they, they get married and then stuff happens like that. Um, what's crazy is we had always planned me and my family for the fact that if, at least in my state, if you are considered legally disabled, Mm -hmm. there's like a loophole to where you can stay on your parents' insurance indefinitely. Mm -hmm. However, we didn't, so we were planning on that for forever. We didn't find out until this past year that if you're married, Mm -hmm. it, that's the disqualifying factors. If you don't live with your parents or if you get married. So now like scrambling because Mm -hmm. we always, on that being a fact yeah so I feel like there should be a program maybe there is and we don't know about it if anybody knows any of these programs um let us know um but there should be a program for people that um need help and are married but their significant other cannot make as much as you really need and they don't have the right insurance and you can't pay out of pocket for an insurance there should be some kind of way to get a good insurance for someone that's genetically handicapped yeah i mean that's what we call it right cf is such an expensive expensive disease as it is Mm -hmm. to where even if your spouse is making a decent salary that's typically a decent salary for one person as a like entry level in your 20s job so for two people alone, it's kind of tight. Yeah. But then adding the extra cost of, oh my gosh, just medications and co-pays mm-hmm. or eventually insurance premiums for me or whenever I'm in the hospital paying for valet parking every day to visit mm-hmm. or if you don't feel good mm-hmm. being able to get all the food you need Yeah. and all a lot of food. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean... We're all needing those calories and keeping our weight up. And then you need extra stuff for your feeding tube and all that stuff, the tubing. And I mean, there, it, the list goes on. I've, I've been through it all. I'm still going through that kind of stuff. And that's another thing is like when I decide to get married, um, will I have good enough insurance? Am I going to be able to be, have that? Um, because is Jeff's insurance going to be good enough? Because he also, like we've talked about, he has type 1 diabetes. 
so he needs medication as well <laughs> so it's like both of us on an insurance we need tip-top insurance because oh, sure you know um so it's 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 a big thing that's what we've always talked about too is like when we get married we just need to make sure we're financially capable and we are able to have that insurance that's gonna keep us going because we cannot be spending x amount of dollars on a hospital stay yeah because i've seen my hospital bills and they're not they're not they would make everybody go into debt real quick um but yeah so that's something that no one talks about like you said um no one knows and i feel like everybody should be able to get married i i think that's important in life um and unless you don't want to get married i'm not saying everybody should but if you want to you should be able to um but yeah, so what um, other things have you, have you, since moving in, have you witnessed um, that have been a little bit of hurdles, obstacles, anything with um, your husband? Honestly, not with us, which is amazing. Uh-huh. It, you would expect with how much stress we've gone through, because I mean, the decline happened end of our engagement to the through the first like nine months of our marriage. Mm -hmm. So it was going real quick downhill and I was in the hospital more often than I was home or I'd be like high on pain meds half the time whenever he'd come home from work because I was just in so much pain. Mm -hmm. Things like that where you would think that would cause a lot of stress and tension because you go into a marriage thinking it's going to be like this honeymoon period and we didn't Mm -hmm. get a honeymoon period at all. Yeah. We jumped straight into real life stuff. Luckily for us, I guess it could either, you always hear about how when the parents of a CF child gets diagnosed, it'll either tear the family apart or bring them together. Mm-hmm. And luckily for my parents, like it's brought, kept them together. Like mm-hmm. they can do that. And during this time period, instead of it causing tension or conflict between me and Cameron, it's just brought us closer together. Cause mm-hmm. it's just like, Hey, we're got to get through this. Like I'm not going to be able to do it on my own. You're not going to be able to do it on your own. We just got to team together and get through this. Yeah. No, that's great. And I'm so thankful that you have him because that's super important, especially for you guys getting married and then going right into the hospital. That's yeah. really rough. Um, You don't get that time that you wanted together. Just be happy, you know. Rainbows yeah. and butterflies at home. Can you imagine the idea of like, oh, I'm going to, be able to cook dinner. Yeah. This may sound like not feminist, but like yeah. I get to come, like cook dinner for my husband yeah, and yeah. be able to do all like be a little homemaker wifey and right. then turn out you're like, oh wait, I I physically can't, I do, can't that. do that anymore. I can't yeah. even be home right uh-huh. now. And then when I am home, he's having to work all day and then come home mm-hmm. and then play wifey to me essentially. Right. And play nurse to me. Yeah. So it's like full time job on his part, mm-hmm. but I mean, he loves you, so he'll do it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so why don't you give us, give anybody, do you have, well, do you have any advice for anyone that's going to be getting married, newlywed life? Do you have any advice for anybody? Yes. I would basically say, well, first off, do what I didn't do and figure out what you're going to do about insurance first. Because... 
I, it didn't even cross my mind. It wasn't a thought in my head at that time until we got into the midst of everything. Mm -hmm. So I think knowing ahead of time, especially if you already are, um, not on your parents' insurance and you're already over the age of 26 to where you're, or even if you get like Medicaid or Medicare, um, through disability and your husband or wife will now be making money and being kicked off that, how will you be able to handle that? Mm -hmm. Will you be able to handle that? Mm -hmm. Is it worth getting legally married or would you rather keep your benefits and just have a ceremony and reception, but not sign the paperwork? And then just being very open and honest and raw mm -hmm. upfront about what CF looks like. If you haven't lived together before you're getting married, which I know most people do now, but if you don't, they need to have an idea of what they're stepping into mm -hmm. because it's not fair to them to be completely blindsided. Mm -hmm. If you hide everything, if you are someone who you see your boyfriend like just on the weekends and they never see you do your treatments and you like are sick during the week, but then you like put, like just get really excited and adrenaline and seem super happy and healthy every weekend, but that's not your day to day. And you don't let them see that they're going to be shocked whenever, and you're going to feel uncomfortable letting them see you like that for the first time. So I guess just making sure that they can handle and they understand what all it means to have cystic fibrosis and what our lives really entail and look like mm -hmm. before jumping in to make sure that it's something that they can handle. Cause the last thing you want to do is get in the marriage and then turns out like, Oh, I, this isn't what I wanted to sign up for mm -hmm. and then them run. So and, and that just leaves you heartbroken, of course. So I think just making sure that everyone is on the same page yeah. on everything before signing yeah. the deal. And I, think, I'd... I think that's great advice. Just be prepared, basically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be prepared. Okay, so we're going to head into our recommends section of right here. So I know you have one. Okay, so... I'm a big podcast person. Okay. I listen to podcasts every time when I'm doing my treatments. Like that's just nice. my go-to. Now I'm also a huge Dolly Parton fan. Oh, okay. Love her. She is the queen, mm -hmm. the queen. And now there's a new podcast called Dolly Parton's America. There's been a few episodes so far, and it is amazing. Wow. It has turned my Dolly-hating husband into a lover. Wow. Okay. Thanks. It is just it's so entertaining. It's so cool. It's really interesting and funny. I totally recommend it to anyone who likes Dolly Parton yeah. or music at all or just like good stories and interviews and things like that. Oh, that's great. Have you seen Dolly Parton concert? <laughs> I wish. Oh, wow. Let's forget it's Dollywood. <laughs> I remember I was at, I think it was, it was 2016, I went to the ACM Awards and her and Katy Perry were singing nine to five or whatever it was My great God. it was so great she's great i'm, I'm so jealous of you right now <laughs> uh, Taylor now, dolly. <laughs> uh, dolly yeah i've never been to dolly what i know you have the shirt on right now i've never been there but home away from home oh that's great i love it um so my recommend so i can't smell <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> like literally Put the, I put stuff to my nose and I can't smell anything. But I'm going off someone else, my coworkers actually. Mm -hmm. And I there's this candle from Anthropology and it's like 
pumpkin something, and I forget what it's called, but apparently it's the most best-smelling candle ever, and I, I'm going to recommend it since every single person that has smelt it loved it, and I wish I could smell it, so that's why I'm recommending it, so you guys could go smell it for me. Um, but it's the pumpkin one at Anthropology, um, and yeah, and it just looks beautiful the outside. So I'm just gonna oh, recommend it for like your um, table or whatever, just to make it look cute and then smell like the fall because we are officially in um, November now. So that's my recommend. And yeah, so Holly, do you have anything else you want to say? I don't think so. Well, actually, I started a YouTube channel all about like following my cystic fibrosis oh, yeah. and vlogging mm -hmm. a few months back. Mm -hmm. So if I can do a little self promo, oh, for sure. uh, my is called dreaming of breathing okay. and it's still like, a, we're getting the hang of it, mm -hmm. but we're figuring it out. Nice. The way. But I've been doing that for the past few months and it's been so much fun and oh, yeah. rewarding uh -huh. to, to reach out that I've never met and they seem mm -hmm. to care. Yeah. So then I'll, I'll promo my social media Sounds Instagram, good. it's just my name, Holly C, spell H-O-L-L-Y-S-E-A-Y, and Twitter as Life is Holly. Cool. Well, I know, you know, I love that uh, YouTube life. I have oh, not yeah. done a video in a long time, though. I should probably do that when I have time. I mean, life. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so you guys can listen to Breathe In Podcasts by going on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud and Gunnar Sison. Dot com. You can also reach us on Instagram at breathe underscore in underscore pod. And that's also our email, which is breathe underscore in underscore pod at asiason.org. And also, if you go on iTunes, make sure you guys give us the five stars. Give a five stars for Holly. And um, make sure to write a comment because we like comments. And sorry that we took a little break um, for a little bit, but I think we're on a roll now. So, um, yeah, that's all we have for today, and I will see you next time. Bye. Bye.